This is Mission.org. I'm Alec Baldwin, and you're listening to Marketing Trends and the Leeds Art Week. Anant Narsimhan is the Program Director of Global Marketing for Unified Governance and Integration at IBM. Throughout his career in sales analytics and marketing at leading technology companies, he has learned the importance of horizontal and vertical alignment for success and the power of friendly competition. On this episode, Anant describes his journey into marketing and the keys to his success at IBM so far. He discusses the importance of team building and generating momentum to achieve big wins. Enjoy this episode. Marketing Trends is brought to you by Salesforce. We're bringing marketing and engagement together. Learn more at salesforce.com slash marketing. Here is your host, Ian Faison. Welcome to Marketing Trends. I'm Ian Faison, Chief Content Officer here at Mission.org. And to the right of me, in the fishbowl at Serious Decisions, in our little podcast studio, um, here amongst the thousands of marketers, is Lauren Baccarello. Hey, how's it going? It's going great. I love being in this this little fishbowl at Serious Decisions. It is so much fun to watch all of these B2B marketers running around, learning everything that's new and innovative that's happening in marketing. And it's kind of fun to be in the fishbowl. And one of those innovative marketers, Anant, how's it going? It's going great. Thank you for asking. Yeah, we're excited to have you on the show. Um, we're going to talk all about alignment and what that means. You know, we talk a lot about sales and marketing alignment on the podcast but it's something that we're all, you know, as marketers trying to to get closer on and achieve business results. So we'll get into all that. But first, how'd you get into marketing? How I got into marketing actually was after I was in sales. I was in field sales. Oh, wow. Yeah. I loved talking to people, solving problems one at a time. I really wanted to do that at scale. Yeah. And uh, my route to marketing, I was a little circuitous. I did some uh, other functions including uh, BI and analytics, and then came into campaigns and a marketing strategy, and now driving uh, integrated marketing team that includes portfolio, product marketing, content, campaigns, and so on and so forth. That's such a great background. And honestly, I feel like some of the best marketers have that, that bit of sales because you get that, I mean, you really get the empathy for the, the seller when you've had to sit in that seat. Absolutely. A little bit of sales, a little bit of analytics, kind uh, of a perfect place to be. A hundred percent. You get the customer facing, the sales piece, and then it's, oh, by the way, thank you all of your sellers for all of your opinions. Here's all of the numbers. And that's right. Especially when you're in a B2B setting mm-hmm. and uh, especially when you're selling to large organizations where it is very dependent on sales mm-hmm. and marketing is a support, enablement. And also, some, in some cases, uh, you know, driving the conversation, it is very helpful to know the mind of a seller and, and therefore to be able to tailor the conversation, the messaging, not just to the customer, but also to the internal customer, which is a seller, because a lot of it is being done by that person. Absolutely. And so you've worked at some pretty big companies in Dell, CA Technologies, now IBM. Tell us a little bit about your current role at IBM. Yeah, um, it's a global marketing role. It's a fantastic integrated marketing role. Uh, have product portfolio, campaign management, content marketing, digital strategy, and then dotted line channel marketing events, social, and so on and so forth. It, it's a full scope in the context that 
it allows me to be completely aligned with our sales goals because we have a sales leader and then we have product management leader or leaders. And then uh, we also, uh, incidentally, are aligned with our dev team as well. Huh. So the four of us, like sales, marketing, product management, and dev, it's a, we, we tangle along. And, yeah. and it's such a beautiful thing to do because it just makes things so clear. Because mm-hmm. you're all aligned to one business objective, that total business objective, the total revenue, today and tomorrow. No, I, I love that. And I love that we don't talk about this enough, having product management at the table with sort of sales and marketing because fundamentally if you don't have a good product and the product isn't being sort of built in a way that which is what customers want it just makes everything a lot harder and to get that direct feedback loop to the product org and also the product org giving that direct feedback loop to sales and to marketing is is really really amazing absolutely and even our dev team actually have real direct connections with customers where they go and and solve some really complex problems and and their perspectives are so useful as well right so you know as we build messaging together we get inputs from a lot of these people Mm -hmm. to uh, build that messaging that resonates with the with the market and also internally you know firstly it should resonate internally with us that oh yes it is we are giving the right message and then of course it it needs to resonate externally i saw something at a company recently that i thought was really interesting and it was um making sure the product management team and to, uh, at extension, the dev team to understand, okay, you're building this new product. How much revenue is coming from the new product that you're building and actually really aligning them, not just to product usage, but also to how much money are we making off of the product? And it, I remember getting a lot of product managers kind of excited of, wait a second, what I just built, this is going to drive how many millions of dollars? Because they just, they never thought about that. That just wasn't, the, the mindset of the product management and the dev team, and they really loved getting that that input and that insight. Uh, in our case, it's actually very different. Those guys think about it all the time. Because <laughs> uh, you don't get past the cycle of getting things into dev without that forecast of awesome. how much you would actually sell. So, uh, I mean, there's only a finite am- amount of time that people have bandwidth and, and, and so on, right? So you need to be able to invest people's time in the right areas. Absolutely. So it's a question of now, can we actually make it? (laughs) So what products do you oversee? What's the portfolio? Yeah, our portfolio uh, falls under IBM Cloud. Under that, we are under data and AI, all things related to data, to enable organizations or customers and prospects, as the case may be, to get onto the AI ladder. That's what we kind of talk about it in the context of how can we help our customers leverage artificial intelligence or augmented intelligence, as the case may be, to drive their transformations at scale. So as part of that, from a data perspective, you know, you need to collect data, you need to organize that data uh, so you can analyze the data. And then, you know, with uh, when you start building models, you infuse those models into your applications and so on so that you can drive things at scale. We are part of that organized rung of the ladder where you once you have all of the data, how do you get it all together, ensure that the data is of good quality, have uh, governance so that it's uh, it, it's got all the correct policies in place. Uh, you know, you have you, you give access to the right people, personalization access is taken into consideration, and so on and so forth. And then you build a single view of the data or source of truth, and uh, people leverage that from there on. We are kind of pivoting to uh, data ops uh, world, yeah, where you know it's data operations, DevOps, kind of coming together. 
where you can leverage your data with agility and at scale. And we provide that business-ready data platform for them. And so who are the type of folks that are buying this? Is it like CIOs, CTOs? Is it CDOs, enterprise architects, CIOs, in many cases, even LOB Hmm. execs, because much of the decisions are now starting to come from the lines of business and getting implemented through IT. Then for regulations and privacy areas, it will be chief compliance officers, mm-hmm. risk officers, and so on and so forth. So, I mean, it's a, I mean, it's a pretty robust buying group, right? I it mean, is. it's, it's a, you're not talking about decisions that are made, I mean, lightly. I guess no decisions are made <laughs> lightly. Some decisions are made lightly. I chose uh, brisket over uh, the brine chicken today for lunch at Serious Decisions, so... I, it's very close, that decision point. <laughs> very, very. You know, I'm agonizing over a shoe decision right now, so... See, there you go. Um, <laughs> but, but no, it's, it's a... I'm kind of what I was getting at there is when you're blending specifically, like, with governance and, like, compliance and all these things, like, you're tying and, and digital transformation and how loaded of just a topic that is, right? You're talking about so many so many types of buyers that you really have to align in order to reach the right people at the right time. 100% right. Think about your shoe decision. Like, mm-hmm. let's say if you have four more people telling you what kind of shoes to buy, uh, how long was that going to take you? Oh, absolutely. And right now it's, do I really want this? Do I really need this? And it's a couple hundred dollars. That's right. And it's all in my head versus how many decision makers you're selling to. And to Ian's point, digital transformation is what everyone is talking about right now. But who is it? What does it mean? Who's the buyer? The compliance angle, the chief digital officer angle, it's massive from a persona base from what you're selling, which I'm sure makes it super easy as a marketing leader. That's absolutely right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and then the titles change. I mean, this is just, you know, another kind of important distinction for our listeners who might be marketing to folks that have one type of title. I mean, I I host IT Visionaries, one of our other podcasts as part of the of mission and uh, the whole title of CIO or CDO or CTO for each organization is completely different. The scope mm-hmm. of responsibilities is completely different. I mean, for most CMOs, it's more or less pretty similar. I mean, there's a lot of differences within that, but marketing, you're in charge of marketing. You're in charge of marketing, and then maybe there's a nuance around what where does growth go? Yeah, but that's that's the main nuance. You're not going to have. Well, there are still lots of complexities, but yes. you're right. You know, in the in the space of where we are operating in, you have a lot of chief data officers now uh, yes. starting to become yeah. uh, more and more prevalent within organizations. But it's not just uh, those people, right? It could be anybody. And if you go to, depending on the size of the organization, it could be one person wearing several hats, yep. actually uh, driving multiple of these projects. Yeah. Right. And sometimes it comes all the way from the CEO, mm-hmm. sometimes the COO. Because they say that it's part of their digital transformation activities mm-hmm. or business transformation. And how does IT follow through mm-hmm. to support those kind of initiatives? And therefore, to back to that point of being aligned, it's really critical for us to be in touch with what our sales goals are, how our salespeople are going to market, who are they talking to, and how do we enable them either both internally and uh, give them air cover externally to have that similar conversation going, Right. All of us know this. You know, we've done this uh, before. When you are going alone, you can go really fast. But if you want to go far, you got to go together. Yeah. 
Now, uh, I didn't come up with this. I read this somewhere, <laughs> but it resonates with me really well. Oh, I'm I'm going to credit this to you from now on forever. <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the sled dog analogy, right? It's like to do the Iditarod, right? It's like, and it's, I think that's what it's called, Iditarod. You know, you have a team of dogs that, I, guess, I don't know why we're dogs in this scenario, but um, uh, marketers, marketers are dogs. Uh, uh, where are my dogs at? So, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, I mean, you know, like the... Uh, Though if, you know, one dog can run far, but it takes a team to, to get the distance. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely right. And then what it happens is the conversation starts to become more about what is right, mm-hmm. what is of priority, rather than who is right. So you, you remove the politics out of this whole thing and, and ensure that, uh, you know, you're aligned to that single goal. A simple example, right? Let's look at a business where the total business is red. Mm-hmm. All right. But marketing goals, we are green. What does that mean? Does it mean that marketing is awesome and uh, sales is not? No. If the total business is red, we're all red. I, Period. I, I couldn't agree with you more. It's, first of all, a great way to anger your sales team is to say, look how great we're doing That's when right. sales is missing their number. And I ha- we had this great interview with um, Sam Melnick from Alicadia where we talk so much about this of marketing's job is business growth. It is not marketing pipeline. It's not marketing source revenue, marketing source pipeline. It is how do we drive business growth? And if you drive business growth by enabling the sales, by enabling the sales team to better close the deals that they source themselves, fantastic. The business grows. And it, we need to think about, to your point, what do we do so the business is green not just so marketing is green. That's absolutely right. And we look at ourselves as business people doing marketing function. Mm-hmm. Now, That's salespeople yeah. are business people doing sales function, likewise with product and likewise with them. And I'm very lucky to have uh, partners in crime leaders who are who think the same way. And, and so we all have our goals, right? And my goal is marketing source pipeline and marketing source wins. But I submit that goal to the larger goal of that total business revenue. Mm-hmm. And I know that my counterparts or the leaders that I, I work with, uh, the leaders of product management, dev, sales, everybody subject their individual goals to the larger goal. And so how do you do that? I mean, how does how does that work? Like, you know, we talked about, you know, Sharon Bant or whatever it is. Like, um, what does that look like at IBM? It's uh, it needs to be completely aligned, right? In the sense, like, it's not just the leaders coming together and being completely aligned. It's also the entire team being completely aligned. So, an example, uh, product marketer in my team, they are on weekly calls with the product management people and salespeople. In some cases, dev people as well. So, they know the pulse of where we are, what is going on, where the pipeline sa- what the pipeline status is, where we are gapped at one, two quarters from now. And... And we've also kind of uh, helped uh, uh, you know, our, our sales teams and, and uh, other people um, kind of educated them on what the marketing influence is and where we can influence. You know, if it's going to be in quarter, they know that marketing cannot help. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little bit here and there by giving them the right assets at the right time and so on and so forth. But we are really two quarters out, two to four quarters, right? Yep. And, and therefore, that's the kind of outlook that we have and that's how we kind of work on. Uh, it's also the expectation setting on, you know, where can marketing help? And it's also these daily or weekly dialogues that we have. Uh, that the implication of that is that you know all of these things come together, and then we look at it from a priority perspective. What do we want to kind of drive? 
2019, we sat down together and said, okay, these are the three key offerings that we want to be driving all these conversations towards, right? And, and how do we do that? We elevate that into a solution level messaging and then one step further into a business level messaging because the salespeople and us are talking to different audiences. So sometimes mm -hmm. when you go to a IT audience, you would want to talk about it in the context of IT. If you're going to talk to a LOB audience, you want to talk to them in the context of you know how it helps their business. So we need to be kind of doing that in that particular context. And then you drive from that particular point of view onto saying, okay, these are the focus areas. These are the messages that we are taking. And these are the kind of activities that we would be driving. And we bring that up in front, right? Priorities are set very clearly. You know, what are the accounts that we want to, uh, account segments that we want to hit? How are we going to hit them? Mm -hmm. And the kind of activities that we do, some minutia that, you know, uh, the other teams don't necessarily kind of uh, are uh, in the know of. Uh, like you know what kind of webinar uh, how mm -hmm. many how many content syndication that's more for us from a yes. marketing perspective to look at and do but where we do our things right is by we constantly keep looking at uh, are we doing the right things are uh, the metrics showing that we are doing the right things uh, what are the things that we need to swap what are the things that we need to do differently mm -hmm. I'd love to dig in a little bit on the the sales marketing product alignment and getting sort of those weekly calls. Do you have weekly calls within your product marketer within all three functions, or do they talk to sales separately and product management separately? Really, how do you how do you make that relationship the most effective? Yeah, firstly, we started off a couple of years back. Uh, you know, firstly, uh, even stepping back, right? Uh, like I said, very lucky and happy to have uh, good leaders in the other functions, and it's also personal connect. You know, mm -hmm. they're all nice people. They are good people. Yeah. Very business oriented, mm -hmm. very smart, very action oriented, but they're also very nice people. So I would love to hang out with them <laughs> <laughs> even outside of business. And, and that kind of sets the tone, uh, yeah. the tone, right? And, uh, and, and, and that way we started connecting with all of them. We were together in a planning cycle and that helped them see that, oh yeah, marketing can actually bring some value to them. And from there on, we started having weekly meetings, bi-weekly meetings as the case may be, and we meet more than uh, one time in a week. There is a call that all of us are in where specific uh, topics are, uh, are are talked about. And we bring uh, to the table whatever is from a marketing perspective, uh, the priorities that we see or results of some campaigns that we've done, important ones, or uh, upcoming uh, activities that are going on. And we also make it fun. Mm -hmm. um, we last year we did an ice bucket challenge. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah with a twist, right? Um, we said that okay, we want to have a goal of reaching X number of uh, views and so on, and we've, you know, and part of that alignment, right? Internal marketing is as important as external marketing mm -hmm. because with external mm -hmm. marketing you can, you can do some reach, but um, people may not necessarily know that we are doing all of that. One of the reasons why is because when people uh, click on to our ads, we don't pay for IBM clicks, right? We, we actually don't want to do that. So people, if they're coming in from IBM domain or if they're IBM leads, we actually don't show that ad to them. So they don't even know that it's happening. Mm -hmm. But they're, whereas they're seeing our competitor's ads, so they're like, hey, what the heck are we doing? Yeah. So we wanted to do some internal uh, uh, marketing to yeah. pump people up to show them what we're doing and so on and so forth. And we did this challenge and we had a, a tiered level of uh, uh, goals. At uh, 5,000, uh, you know, let's say call it views, uh, I get dunked in ice bucket and, and so on and so forth. The entire leadership team participated. We actually uh, signed up our general manager as well, but we did not hit his level. So oh, we spared man. him that, <laughs> the agony. 
uh, but it was fun uh, because uh, in the internal Slack uh, community that we have, we were uh, we were throwing numbers to people, and uh, there was just a lot of engagement. You know, people were uh, throwing emojis out and getting engaged. Icebook is all over the place, and. Uh, you're coming up with a second challenge right now. Oh. Floss dance. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> John and my team came up with this idea of let's get this together. And if he hit a particular goal again, we'll do the floss dance. We hit our goals. Yeah. So John and I unabashedly, unapologetically did the very horrible rendition oh, of floss dance. That's pants. amazing. <laughs> that's tough. I would definitely rather pour an ice bucket on my head than than be seen flossing in front of anyone. In fact, <laughs> on our mission offsite, uh, Jonah, who's sitting in here in studio, came up with the idea to we'll have a dunk tank next year. Yes. And that you, instead of like, like you can give like credits to all of our team at mission. And then that's how many credits is how many balls you get to throw at the dunk tank <laughs> to dunk the leadership. So, nice. you know, it's always, always good to, uh, to get the leadership soaking wet and freezing cold. Yeah, absolutely. We, <laughs> I'm not scared of anything. We did a, when I was at box, we did something similar and we had um, a commercial sales leader and a field sales leader. And if we hit a certain number, um, the commercial sales leader would basically pie with like a, a whipped cream pie in the face of the enterprise sales leader. So we go, they hit the number, they go to do this, and Leslie, the commercial sales leader, goes to like pie Tom, who runs enterprise sales. He ducks and gets her. Oh. And then everyone's like, oh. And then all of a sudden the CEO runs up and nobody sees him coming, and he gets the enterprise sales leader. And this is in front of like company, all hands. That's it was awesome. That's sweet. hysterical. And of course, we recorded the whole thing of Leslie's supposed to get Tom. Tom gets Leslie. Tom thinks he wins. Aaron gets Tom. <laughs> That's <laughs> it was so funny. Amazing. You know, we all hard, do very hard jobs, right? Yes. We're all super busy. Everybody's in meetings and then working after hours uh, because they have to, have to get work done. Uh, you can make it fun, mm-hmm. and, and it's, it's part of the whole thing, right? And I just I love what you said on how much you love the the leadership team you work with, and it makes such a big difference. We are required to work forty hours a week. It's that extra time you put in that is the difference from being able to you know do perfectly fine work and do exceptional work, and the the desire to really go in and like do amazing work for your peers and your team. I don't know. It's what drives me. It's what makes me work extra hours. It what gets me excited. And it's sort of how you like up performance that little extra bit because you've got that. We're in it together. No, absolutely. And it drives the whole team. You know, Absolutely. Uh, uh, it's not just a tops down thing. Um, I think the team, entire team is kind of built that way. Yeah. They, they automatically connect because they all want to solve business problems from their point of view. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and they step into solve that particular problem, sometimes from a content perspective, sometimes from a product perspective, sometimes from a campaign perspective. But they also reach out to the other area just in case they need uh, the help is needed. And it, it, it pervades. That, that attitude is so positive and pervasive that uh, it's awesome. So also quick aside, Lauren, you know surfing is not count towards those 40 hours. I mean, what if I'm surfing with with <laughs> The shoes peers? that you were the shoes. thinking about. Oh, yeah. that part of that 40 You're hours? networking. <laughs> My networking. I'm yeah, totally networking on, is, on the board. That does count. I'm, I stand fully corrected. Mm-hmm. That's a great point. That's networking. <laughs> Gosh, that was my bad. Um, 
And you did write uh, a Lauren's Corner about uh, about can, lessons learned from about surfing. Lessons learned from surfing. See, every, <laughs> everything can be content. Um, <laughs> I wanted right. to get into what sales asks of you because I think that that's one of the parts on we talk a lot about sales marketing alignment, but I'd love to learn what are those things that you get asked on a consistent basis. Um, that are the things that you have to go back, take to your team, and try to jam on to figure out a creative way to do uh, do what they need done. Sure. Um, there are lots of asks, right, coming from different uh, sales members. And, and therefore, it is really important to be aligned and have our priorities right with our, uh, our crew of ecosystem so that you're not always chasing uh, the next big thing to be done, yeah. but you're actually doing the right things. But having said that, uh, it's not like, you know, I set the strategy and I'm done and that's one, the only thing that I'm going to be doing, right? You know, there are always going to be tweaks. There are always going to be new things that come up that are seen as kind of important mm -hmm. or, or things of that nature. <clears throat> the typical things that we get asked are for content and content in varieties of forms. You know, I would like to have a video or I want to have a two-page solution brief or I want to have a, a deck that uh, talks to this particular new release that uh, that has come out or I want to have a comparative view that I can share with my uh, uh, prospect or customer because he or she is asking for for that or we are in a very comparative situation and so on and so forth. Or it could be, hey, I want to run an event in this particular area. Mm -hmm. uh, can you help me out here and so on and so forth. Right. So this is where we kind of talk about, all right, these are the things that we can do. These are the things that uh, can be done by somebody else or uh, we may not be able to do this. And, and being aligned helps us with one more thing to do the right things. Uh, we may not be able to do all the things mm -hmm. that they ask for, but the things that we do, we want to ensure that we hit a very high mark on that right things category. How do you communicate when you don't give them what they want? Because I think that that's one of the tough parts. It's like, hey, here's the reason why we're not doing this um, and having that you know, steady stream of communication. That is exactly what we do, right? You know, uh, And the sales team also know that they won't be getting all the things that they're asking for, but we always provide them with an alternative, right? You know, mm -hmm. I, hear, I, I may not be able to do an event here, but here's what I can do for you, all right? And uh, it's a pretty open communication. We do sales focus groups all the time. Um, uh, there are uh, Alie in my team and uh, Karen. They've, they've gone through different geographies to better understand uh, what sales are looking for, mm -hmm. what are the messaging that they're looking for, so that, you know, we don't sit here in Austin to build the messaging that uh, may or may not be relevant in Australia or Japan yeah. or, mm -hmm. or China or India or even for that matter, uh, Scandinavia, like Norway, Finland and all the one. Yeah. Right? So we poll people, we talk to them, we in fact, uh, co-create with some of them, Yeah, uh, which is very helpful because it makes it global and relevant. And it gets their buy-in if you're co-creating with right. sellers and with region, all of a sudden they... They are more excited and more likely to evangelize your messaging. That is absolutely right. Oh. And when they do that, there's a lot more uptake. Absolutely. As compared to, hey, what's that marketer doing here? <laughs> they don't know what they're doing. They're not connected. They have no idea versus, no, no, I helped. I helped build this. With a company as big as IBM, you know, obviously tons of different products, tons of different um, stuff going on, been around for a long time. Um, within your specific product suite, how do you measure results um, 
uh, across all the, you know, across aligning all the different things that we've been talking about? Yeah, we have the typical marketing uh, measurements, right? Uh, the early stage and then the late stage measurements, like, you know, number of responses, number of views, impressions, even further upstream, all the way down to, you know, how many opportunities did we help create and, and then the win rates and so on and so forth. Some of the goals are marketing sourced pipeline, and marketing sourced uh, win revenue. <clears throat> also, is marketing sourced contribution, right? Now, marketing source is a pretty broad term. Mm -hmm. It could be marketing created or marketing assisted to create. Yeah. Right? Um, I don't necessarily differentiate between the two because in some cases the offerings are complex enough that, mm -hmm. you know, marketing cannot in and of itself create, uh, you know, demand or, mm -hmm. or opportunities or, or wins or so on, right? So we look at the overarching picture of, uh, you know, how, how we do that and then the overall contribution that we drive. Some of the early stages are really into the context of, you know, responses, but more importantly, how many of them are higher quality responses mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and how many of them get passed on to sales, like our uh, lead development reps, we call mm -hmm. them as uh, digital development reps. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. I like that. Um, do you find that when you're going to sales and product that showing those type of things, showing that measurement goes a long way to like, you know, validate the stuff that you're working on? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it definitely helps. And also keeping them in the loop of what we are planning to do, what our goals are for specific areas, if, if it's a large enough area. Because many times what we do is, uh, it's not, especially in an event, right? Uh, complex events, we, we require people with expertise to come in. Mm -hmm. And it could be from people in those different areas. So we constantly keep telling them, hey, we are. this is our goal and here's where we are and here's where we want to be, uh, left to sell or left to go and uh, keep giving them updates on, and, mm -hmm. on where we are uh, at any point of time. And that excites them. You know, going back to that ice bucket, right? You know, you, you, it, it kind of starts to build some momentum. Yeah. We, we share that with sales teams as well and, and uh, it kind of builds more momentum, say, all right, I want to get my customers here and so on and so forth. The general metrics, yes, it uh, it helps because more than the absolute number, the relative number as to where we are now vis-a-vis -vis where we were last year is what is more important mm -hmm. because absolute number can be determined by whatever it means. But uh, like our boss says, progress is more important than perfection. Mm -hmm. And we want to continue to drive that progress week over week, month over month, quarter over quarter, year over year. Let's get in the lightning round. Fast and easy questions. Holy cow. <laughs> <laughs> Just like marketing automation from Pardot, you can go to pardot.com slash podcast to learn more about all the amazing marketing automation stuff that we have going on. We're in the Pardot podcast booth here at Serious Decisions right now. And uh, we're going to ask some fast and easy questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. Number one, what app are you using on your phone that is the most fun? <laughs> Believe it or not, uh, it's fun for my kid. <laughs> he plays the basketball app. <laughs> oh, that's great. Nice. Favorite vacation spot? Um, mountains, any mountains. Favorite book you're reading right now or have read recently? Uh, the Goal is one of my favorites. And also Execution by Larry Bosidi and uh, Ram Charan. Do you have a favorite or 
campaign, marketing campaign that you're jealous of? <laughs> Lots of it. <laughs> Lots of them. <laughs> but many of them are in the B2C side, right? Uh, you know, the, the, the one that I still remember is from the, um, the Google ad, uh, where they basically the entire ad was search search phrases, talking about a person who is uh, moving to France and he's looking for a house and then he's looking for uh, what do I get uh, my girlfriend and, yeah. and then uh, where do I find this for my wedding and then uh, wh- where do I... Uh, the, I remember that. Thing. Yeah. It was the whole... It was their entire life and you could see their entire life it's progress beautiful. through search. It, it was really, really sweet and heartwarming and what I love, I love that you brought that up and it's the... It's how you put the emotion and the narrative behind something that can be perceived as transactional. And you're like, no, this is what brings you across your entire life. Yep. So I thought that was, yes. And, and uh, pre-IBM, um, I, I was in IBM at that time, but the smaller planet was a fantastic one. Yeah. Because it yes. talks about how IBM was uh, solving pretty complex problems mm-hmm. and enabling people. Uh, and at that time I was at uh, Dell and mm-hmm. we were thinking, man, they're solving awesome problems here. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I think there's so many customer stories to tell of like the things that your customers are doing. I think we forget that as marketers product, but it's so, but there's features. Um, what is, what thing are you most excited about for the future of marketing? Um, more marketing is becoming more and more important in the context, even in the B2B space, uh, because the attention span of people are going down dramatically. It's it's hitting, it's very close to hitting the the goldfish attention span. Yes. All right. So the prospect of how we work with sales and and uh, product and and dev to be able to attract their attention and get a win out of large accounts is something that I'm very excited about. It's either through account based marketing or uh, it could be extremely personalized and account based marketing. Was the kind of stuff I'm super excited about. What uh, what question do you wish we would have asked you? <laughs> this is not part of the lightning round. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's my favorite sport? What is your favorite sport? Cricket. Uh, yeah. What's your favorite team? Uh, so I'm I'm from India. So cricket is a religion in India. And the World Cup is coming right now. It's going to have uh, be held in in London or in, in England. And we're all super excited about the prospect of uh, hopefully India winning that. Uh, uh, but other than that, there are multiple local teams, uh, very similar to the NBA. They mm-hmm. have something called IPL, Indian uh, Premier League. Uh, my favorite team is CSK, Chennai Super Kings. Uh, <laughs> my man, Dhoni, our former Indian captain, is part of that. Captain Cool, as he's called. Uh, somebody that I uh, hope someday uh, someday I would uh, emulate. Yeah, uh, is awesome. Uh, he never shows emotions. <laughs> oh, that's sweet. any 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 kind of situation. He doesn't care. It'll be like a straight face guy. Uh, you can always depend on him to uh, win the game because uh, till the very last minute, he's just calm and cool and collected. Uh, yeah, I've, I'm like that was never me. Way too much emotion. <laughs> and here I'll, uh, I'm starting to re-love basketball thanks to my son who's big into basketball right now. He loves the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, me too. Uh, go go Dubs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the Dallas Mavericks. <laughs> so oh. we, have a, we have a little bit of an interesting matchup at home. I like uh, the I like the sort of house rivalry between the, the Mavericks right. and the Warriors. That's right. 
Awesome. Well, anything else? Any stuff to, to plug? Anything uh, Anything our listeners should check out? Uh, no, thank you very much. This is very helpful. Uh, very excited to be here and talking to you guys. Uh, uh, and for all the folks who are listening, get aligned with your salespeople and your internal teams, product marketing, and even dev if you can. Because when you're aligned, you can go really far. And just to plug that back in, you know, alone, you can go fast. Together, you can go far. And uh, we all want to go far. We all want to, as a marketing community, grow. Uh, it's not just so, some of us. It's marketing as a whole needs to be uh, become more and more important and, and needs to be seen as being very important to the overall in the overall scheme of things. Get a line and let's get it done. Awesome. Have fun and get it done. Have Thanks fun and get it done. Yep. Marketing Trends Podcast is brought to you by Salesforce. Discover marketing built on the world's number one CRM, Salesforce. Put your customer at the center of every interaction. Automate engagement with each customer and build your marketing strategy around the entire customer journey. Salesforce. We bring marketing and engagement together. Learn more at salesforce.com slash marketing. You have eight seconds to make a connection or risk a click away onto the next topic. The difference lies in your ability to deliver relevant experiences to your audience across devices and across channels. But delivering on a really great experience is impossible without the right people and the right technology. You've got the right people, but your technology choices will make or break someone's experience with your brand. At the center of gravity of your digital experience, Brightspot Content Management System can deliver relevant content, personalized experiences, and cross-channel synergies to create unforgettable brand experiences. So you can be a bright spot in someone's day. Head over to brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends to find out right now. From global crisis to hunger relief efforts, the messages you deliver save lives, inform important decision-making, and help keep communities safe and sound. The speed and scale of your content needs to be delivered faster and on a much larger scale. Brightspot Content Management System has supported some of the world's largest brands to communicate on a global scale. From Johnson & Johnson sharing critical information with their customers to helping Whole Foods tell their brand story to a global audience. Brightspot is designed to handle rapid iteration and personalized messages to those you care about most. Learn more at brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends.